Welcome back to another edition of Burke's Heavy, the podcast. I'm your host, Dave Burkett, Freak.com. And here we go, entering the home stretch of the NFL season for the Lions, at least. They uh, lost to the Green Bay Packers last week in heartbreaking fashion, of course, 27-23. And uh, this week they play the St. Louis Rams, a team just like them that's 4-8. That's and eight. Um, season hasn't gone exactly the way either of these teams planned. They both were thought to be playoff contenders at the very least heading into the season. And we all know what happened to the Lions. They got off to that rotten one and seven start. Uh, and then any last chance they had of, of making the playoffs went by the wayside last week when they gave up that, that Hail Mary to, to Aaron Rodgers. Um, the Rams, similar situation. They, they actually got off to a little bit better start, four and three, but they've lost five straight right now, and their offense can't get out of its own way. They changed offensive coordinators like the Lions, so um, not sure exactly what sort of game we're going to see on the field this weekend. But one player that we will be seeing plenty of, and, and that's really showed up of late, is Devin Taylor, the third-year defensive end for the Lions. He has five sacks this year. He's got 26 tackles. Both of those are career highs. Uh, had two sacks last week against Aaron Rodgers and, of course, had the, the face mask penalty at the end of the game um, that you know contributed or really gave the, the Packers one final untimed play uh, for in one final shot at the end zone. So uh, brought him onto the podcast a little bit this week. And, uh, you know, I talked to him after the game, wrote about him over the weekend. Uh, so just wanted to check in on him, you know, sort of a, a week after that play and see exactly how he was doing with, with that play, A, and, and, you know, B, look at his, his really good season so far. I mentioned it, five sacks. He's been, you know, a key player up front for the Lions. And then, See, some people may know this out there. He's he's actually a pretty colorful guy in the locker room, real quiet guy. But uh, you see him in the locker room. He's got uh, you know different color in his hair, purple or green, or you know sort of whatever mood he's in. He's got crazy festive socks and uh, different hats that he'll wear, and you know he's really a, a vibrant personality. So I figured I'd, I'd bring him on the podcast to talk a little bit about that. So without further ado, Devin Taylor, Lions defensive end. Dave Burkett here in the Lions locker room once again with Devin Taylor, Lions defensive end and uh, third-year defensive end who's really emerged as a pass-rushing force here of late for the Lions. Five sacks this year, including two last week. And let's start right there, Devin. Uh, what's behind your uh, your surge in play here of late? Uh, my defensive line. Yeah. Uh, one, play for them, you know, because we're all a family together. And uh, pretty much... When one person does well, we all do well. So it doesn't matter who does well. And it just so happened that I guess I did well enough to get the praise or whatever. But it's all a group effort. So How about just being in your third year now? I mean, it, what sort of comfort level has come over you? It seems like you're more comfortable out there. It seems like you're able to do a few more things. How much of that is just having been around the game and this team and this locker room a little bit more allows you to get into that zone? Uh, it's been a lot, especially growing over three years because uh, – you know, you start off, I guess, like your rookie year, a little bit kind of hesitant and stuff like that. Then the second year, depending or whatnot, um, you know, it's a little bit more. But then usually by your third year, you're pretty comfortable. And generally, you know, you see whether you can uh, perform at a high level consistently or uh, will to. And, and Taylor's certainly starting to perform at a high level. I mentioned it, five sacks so far, four games left, including against the St. Louis Rams this weekend. What's, what's sort of the goal that you have in mind? What, what can you get to uh, in the sack department going forward? 
Uh, I, don't know. I just want to get to the quarterback. I don't have a set uh, number or amount of times. You know, just being back there just is kind of like one of those goals for me. So. You had uh, two last week. Uh, we're in the locker room with a couple guys around us, so that's some of the language behind us. But you had two last week. What's the uh, – uh, maybe some of that was overshadowed by the, the, the face mask at the end, the, the debatable face mask. But what's, I just want to ask you, what's the, the feedback that you've got from guys, the best piece of advice you got from guys after that play? Keep playing. Uh, there's nothing else you can do other than just keep playing, you know. It's, um, one random thing, but it doesn't define like a person's career. It's just one play for right now. So all I can do now is just keep playing. I mentioned questionable. I wrote that as well after watching the film. Uh, did you think that was a penalty? Uh, I mean, I knew what I did, particularly even on the field, even during the actual uh, time it occurred. But you know, it's whatever the ref sees. So yeah. Something I can do about that. All right, you, you guys play the St. Louis Rams this week, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, you're one of the more colorful personalities, I think, in this locker room. We see you with, with different color hair at times, or different socks on different hats, that sort of thing. So, can you tell me a little bit about where that that personality came from? Uh, I don't know. Probably at a young age, I always thought outside the box, kind of thing, and so. Um, I guess more of the years developed, it got a little bit more creative as the things I was able to do more so because of time and the allowance of being able to do it. So. Well, are you a hat guy, a shoe guy, a sock guy? What's your, your collecting fetish? I'm a sock and t-shirt guy. Yeah, I got probably... 180 pairs of different socks. 180 pairs of socks? Yeah. What, like, give me some examples of, of what you what you like to wear. Well, they all vary. Like, there's cartoons, there's animations, there's uh, real-life stuff, there's, like, nature. There's a bunch of different designs, especially. you have a lot of different colors, and so you kind of try to color-coordinate different things accordingly, so that's why I have so many socks. Well, do you match them with outfits? Do you match, match them with moods? How do you go about picking what you're going to wear when it comes to your, your, your socks that day? I would say for... Matching or fitting, it's outfit or mood and mood as well. So. And, uh, game days, I know you guys always like to get dressed up for, for your Saturday road trips this year. So you like to break out some of those those fashionable socks at that time? Um, I do. That's probably what do you got on tap this weekend? Hmm. That's a wait and see. It's a surprise. <laughs> um, all right. the uh, uh, You changed numbers this year. Uh 98 now after wearing 92. What, why'd you go about doing that? Uh, well, as you know, our uh, defensive tackle is 92. And so him being like a 10-year guy and everything, um, he had 92. So it was, we kind of like talked it out or whatnot. And so it was kind of one of those as well. Like it gave me 92 originally and I liked it. But I didn't, I don't know, I didn't. Like, I liked it, but I don't know if I was at home with it, if that makes sense. So, Nick left, and then I picked up 98, so I really wasn't mad because it was the same number in college. Okay. Would you uh, would you charge Haloti for 92? I didn't charge him. No. He's a good guy. It, man, you could have you could have bought, you know, another 100 pair of socks or something like that. Yeah, got I hit him up for something have, like that. But, no, nah, he was a good dude, so I didn't feel the need that there was necessary to charge him for anything yeah. like that. You mentioned this defensive line, and obviously it's gone over a major change since last season, losing some key pieces on the interior and, and bringing some new guys in. Um, 
What role does Chris Kasurik play in, in some of the success you guys have had? He's a lot. He's our driving force, essentially. Uh, he's what our D-line, the reason why our D-line has always been probably consistent, at least the most high level for the last, what, five, yeah. six years, however long he's been here now. So 2009, yeah, he's yeah. been helping out. But, yeah, but yeah he's, he's been a big part of that. And Nick Fairley, a guy that you mentioned, too, you're going to see him again mm-hmm. this weekend. Give me a give me a good Nick Fairley story. Hmm. <laughs> Fake <of that>. <laughs> See, he was Nick, a real colorful character for those who don't know out there in the locker room. He was a friendly guy. Nick, Nick always came up with different surprises yeah. every every uh, week. So, for example, one of them was uh, we had like this uh, we're playing uh, little jokes and stuff or whatever. And so, I think one of them one day he randomly brought in like um, some rat poison or something and put in like a graham cracker box and but. Uh, he didn't actually eat the rat poison or whatever. He ate uh, like graham little nuts and stuff or whatever that was in there to make it look as if he was eating rat poison. That was actually pretty funny. Doing that in the, the defensive line room, or people thought people bought into it. People thought he was eating it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, good old Nick Fairley, one of the uh, the more colorful guys I think we've we've covered here in, in our time with the Lions. Um, all right, St. Louis Rams. You're going to face Fairley this week. Offensively, what's the key to stopping that offense? We got to stop the run. Uh, they have a good running offense, and so our main objective, at least, is, is keep the run as limited as much as possible. We play our assignments, play our fundamentals, and then everything else just kind of take care of itself. I guess Todd Gurley, uh, one of the, the candidates, I guess, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. He hasn't had the, the biggest numbers of late, but just talking to guys this week, he's still a really, really important player for you guys. Really, oh, yeah. Real focal point in this defense. Oh, yeah, he's a very explosive back, so we don't want to give him any opportunities to make that game-changing play. Yeah, so... All right, we like to end this thing here with, with five quick questions, sort of a you know non football related thing. So uh, you mentioned cartoons; you have some some cartoonish socks. Um, what was your favorite cartoon growing up? Hmm. I would say either Recess or Rugrats. Rugrats, yeah. Were you much of a cartoon guy? I mean, did you get into them when you were? Watching? I was a Nickelodeon yeah. kid growing <laughs> up, so I watched a lot of cartoons. All right, uh, Buford, South Carolina is hometown for you, right? I know you do a little bit of fishing. Yes. If you could uh, bring two people in history along with you to fish, who would they be? Two people in history? It could be current people, people somewhere on this earth that you know now, somebody in the past that you know you might have wanted to meet. Any two people in history. Hmm. Okay, let me think about this. <laughs> I'll take President Obama. Yeah. And then. Hmm. I'll take Martin Luther King. And why why those two? Uh, they have a lot of, to do with uh, making an influence on the world. So I never got to see Martin Luther King in person, obviously, because I was nowhere near even <laughs> thought about by that time. So. Uh, taking him fishing would probably be like one of those inspiring stories you'd probably be able to tell. Yeah. So. All right, side note, do you do more fishing or mud racing? I, I know you do a little bit of that. Uh, I would say probably more fishing. Yeah. Uh, mud racing takes up an entire weekend. Well, actually, it takes up a lot more time than fishing does because you can kind of just clean your boat out, get all that stuff prepped to go 
uh, motor racing, I mean, fishing, but for motor racing, you got to have like a whole week yeah. ahead of time to prep all the stuff you need. So. And for those who don't know, mud racing is, you're racing through mud, essentially. In, in... Uh, there's, how we do wars, there's like a 200-foot uh, drag race pit kind of thing, if that makes sense, but it's like four foot deep yeah. of mud. And so the goal is to get through that as quick as possible. And as dirty as possible, I guess. It's oh, just yeah, a it, gets dirty. it gets dirty. <laughs> All right, uh, number three here, uh, one quarterback in the NFL you most want to sack. Well, there's – I did two of them already. <laughs> uh, Who are those? Rodgers? Rodgers, Peyton. Peyton. Uh, still currently – Somebody out there you really want to get. Another potential Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, still haven't actually got uh, Drew Brees. Not Drew Brees. Uh, you get a chance at him in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Go with him. Drew Brees it is. There you go. <laughs> um, all right. You can be on one reality show. What reality show do you want to be on an episode of? Fear Factor. Fear Factor? Yeah. Why well, do you want to do that one? Seems like your personality a little bit with the, the, the mud racing and all that. I kind of want to see what I would actually allow myself to do as yeah. far as eating and, like, capabilities of doing some of the crazy stuff they do. So You'd eat some crazy spiders or something like that if they had it out there, whatever it would be? Yeah. All right, and then last one, uh, give me one bad habit that you most want to break. much candy. <laughs> just, just in time for, uh, for the New Year. It can be a New Year's resolution. Devin Taylor, thank you for joining me here on Burke's IV, the podcast. All right, thank you. Once again, Lions defensive end Devin Taylor. And like I said, Taylor's having a pretty good year so far this year. He's got five sacks. Uh, two of those came last week against a backup tackle. And he's going to have a little bit tougher of a test today. Uh, but the St. Louis Rams offense has not been good. They, they're last in the league in passing right now. They, they're really relying heavily on, on Todd Gurley. Uh, you know, they don't have a whole lot of playmakers outside of Gurley and Tavon Austin. And if the Lions can put some points up and, and get a little bit of a lead, you're going to see Devin Taylor and Ziggy Ansa, um, you know, take off off that end there and, and get after Case Keenum, backup quarterback who, who will be playing again today or maybe has sort of taken over for, for Nick Foles. But either way, uh, Devin Taylor should have some opportunities today, and, and he's playing pretty good down the stretch here. Um, look, you know, as I look towards the future with this Lions and team, and, and that's the only thing that we can do right now, you know, they have some pretty good parts on defense. This next general manager that's going to come in and, and maybe the next coach, they're going to have some good players in Ziggy Ansah and Devin Taylor and DeAndre Levy, assuming he comes back healthy, Darius Slay, Glover Quinn. You know, all of those guys should be staples of this defense, um, at least for the next year and, and maybe the next few years. I mean, Devin Taylor is... You know, he's going to get paid eventually if he keeps playing like this. I don't know that the Lions are going to be able to keep him considering the money that they're going to have to allocate to Ziggy Ansah and, and Darius Slay and the money they just gave um, 
you know, DeAndre Levy, Matthew Stafford's going to be due for a new contract eventually. So, so Taylor might be a guy that, you know, is down to his final, you know, season plus with the Lions. But either way, it's been nice to see the development from him, a, a pass rusher who just turned 26 years old last month, who, you know, six foot seven, big body, long body. I, I think he's still got a, a pretty bright future ahead of him. So as for uh, this weekend's game, look, I picked the Lions to win in the paper. I kind of went back and forth in this game. I just, I don't have much, much faith in either team right now and and why should you of course I mean it's a it's a case where you know I mentioned it the Lions haven't been playing great football all season on the offensive side of the ball especially you know that defense has sort of turned things around but they're going on the road they're they're coming off a tough loss they haven't been the most resilient bunch this year but yet they're facing a Rams team that's lost five straight and that doesn't really have much going on offense so I figure the Lions are they're good enough defensively, especially against the run, that they should be able to stop Todd Gurley. Um, if they can do that, they should win this game against the Rams. Uh, you know, get to five and eight, and, and maybe finish the season two and two down the stretch here, and, and give you know Jim Caldwell and some other people at least a, a fighting chance to save their jobs, depending on what the Fords want to do, what the next GM wants to do. So uh, that's it for now. I'm Dave Burkett. Uh, this is Burke's View, the podcast. I thank you as always for downloading. Here, listening to it on Freep.com, downloading it on iTunes. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we got a special guest for you next week. Uh, Carlos will be back joining me, and, and uh, we're going to bring Tony Ortiz in. Tony Ortiz, Lions sideline reporter. He's, he's heading towards his 300th sideline game, uh, doing sidelines on the radio for, for the Lions and everywhere else he's been. So uh, that'll be next week. Till then, I'm Dave Burkett, Freep.com.